This message is brought to you by DoNotAge.org, the longevity research organisation that's on a mission to extend health span for as many people as possible via products that actually work. Start your journey today at DoNotAge.org and use code LAMA for a 10% discount. That's L-L-A-M-A. Everyone is high on life at the close of a concert because of what the music is doing to everybody. We talk about exercise, we talk about good diet, we talk about eight hours of sleep and how much water you need to drink all day. And I think on this list of how to stay young and forestall the aging process, I think we're going to have to add music in capital letters. Hello and welcome to the Live Long and Master Aging podcast. I'm Peter Bowes. This is where we explore the science and stories behind human longevity. Now, today we return to the subject of dementia and the extraordinary power of music to heal, to nurture and to invigorate the brain. I come to Brentwood in California and a rehearsal session at Music Men's Minds, which is a charitable organisation devoted to restoring, as they say, the rhythm of life. I'm joined by the project co-founder and co-director, Carol Rosenstein. You're very welcome to the Live Long and Master Aging podcast. Well, thank you, Peter, for having me speak with you today. Well, it's it's really good to see you. And uh, you might be able to hear a little bit of music in the background. We're at one of your rehearsals. Uh, just tell me exactly what is going on here, where we are, and, and who's with us. We're gathered at the Brentwood Presbyterian Church in Brentwood. And we are a group of people, kind of lost souls until music found us and we found music And all of our members of our Fifth Dementia Band have neurocognitive disease, something like Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, even traumatic brain injury, stroke, and even PTSD. We are making music together. We're grooving together. Mm. We are loving together. We are smiling and laughing together and forgetting the woes that seem to follow us wherever we go. Let's just repeat the name of the band again, which I think is fantastic. The Fifth Dementia Band. The Fifth Dementia Band. Who thought of that? We actually put a request out to a, a group of friends to come up with a name for our band, and one of our friends did just that. Mm. So how did it all start for you? When did you get involved in this and what was the inspiration behind it? My Irwin was diagnosed with Parkinson's 12 years ago. And of course, there are strong neurotransmitters that are given orally and side effects occur. And so he was hallucinating and really going crazy with all of the people living in our home. And I reported these findings to our neurologist. He said, Carol, we have to drop some of the dosages of the meds because this is a side effect. So we did as ordered. And I could see that Irwin's world had fallen out the bottom of him. Yet I saw something amazing repeatedly that as he would sit playing the piano quietly in our home, he would somehow resurrect and become engaged in the environment again. So I reported this finding 
to Dr. Bronstein. And he so nonchalantly said, Carol, you're watching the power of music changing brain chemistry. Well, I hadn't ever heard words like this before. And I was enchanted. I thought this is absolutely amazing. I'm going to find a few like souls that are struggling and play music to come and jam with Irwin. And so four people met on the day that we launched, and within 15 minutes they gathered around a beautiful Steinway piano with a drum set, a kit right there, and a harmonica player. And the four of them have not stopped until our Sam departed, sadly, about a year ago. But three of our four core members of our fifth dementia still play on, and we've grown. It's caught fire. The whole project has just accelerated like an accelerant was poured all over us. And what is really interesting to me is that there is good, strong, reliable science behind what you have been observing, observing in your home, but also the people here in this band now. I really had no background as to what music was really doing for all of us. It so happens to be an amazing medicine for the mind for this community of people because believe it or not the storage of music in the cells in the brain and in our bodies appear to be intact during the disease process and so we really place our whole project on the platform of music memory in cells that are immune to the disease, and at any stage of the continuum, early, middle, or late, you will get a response musically from all of these patients. And they don't forget what they learned in their lives. The lyrics come back. It's almost as if they're on automatic pilot. We put the lyrics, you know, they're available to them, but I think they just remember because they don't read anymore. And our violinists and our, our, our trumpeters, they, they just are playing by memory and their music is flawless. And so you put a whole group of these wonderful musicians and singers together and you will be so shocked and so delighted that there's still something left for these people to do and it's music. I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I spent some time with Glenn Campbell shortly after he and his family announced to the world that he had Alzheimer's. And this is before he went on a world tour, a final world tour, and spent the day in his studio and he was singing all the old hits and playing his guitar incredibly, as, yes. as he always did. Yes. But here he is, well into a, a significant stage of Alzheimer's, yes. having problems remembering day-to-day, minute-by-minute things. But as his family described it to me, he seemed to have his music from those great hits from decades ago, almost in his bones. They were somewhere deep within his body. In their DNA, in his DNA. This is quite correct. And so, you know, it's been a magic carpet ride. It's been a project I never would have dreamed would have taken off at this alarming rate. We have bands all over the USA now forming, And we now have six global bands. 
And BBC World Service set out, told our story in the UK and wherever else it reaches. And our emails have been flooding in from people wanting to create a band of musicians and singers of these like people with these diseases so that the music can convert our suffering into pure joy. It is an amazing project. I will uh, put a link to the BBC documentary that you mentioned, which, which I didn't have anything to do with it, even though I work for the BBC, but I will reference that in the show notes for this episode because I, I listened to that as well, and it's, it's a great programme, and it, it does tell your story, and it's very inspirational, and I'm not surprised that people are wanting to do this in, in different cities around the world. I'm curious, with your own experience with your husband, yes, has the music helped him stabilise or indeed improve in certain areas of his life? It's such a good question, Peter. We're actually working with the Dr. Mary Middleman out of NYU in New York, and she's a world-renowned researcher, and she has just finished a, uh, a project looking at singing music for people with these diseases and the effects on these patients and their caregivers. And the results are staggering. There's just a renewed enthusiasm. There's a, a refill, if you will, of life into people that have had nothing else to do. So now that she's got the singing project completed, we're now looking at actually examining the brains of patients with Alzheimer's and dementia. And we're going to be looking at what the music is doing. There are several hypotheses that she's going to be looking at. And to mention a few is that playing a musical instrument, which is of the highest brain demand, can actually excite the brain into such a, a fiesta, if you were, that we're looking at music playing as a pause button for the disease process. Which is really fascinating, isn't it? That almost music can be as powerful, indeed more powerful, than drugs. Well, that's correct, because today the drugs are few. And I know from personal experience with Irwin and his degree of dementia now, there are very few drugs to experiment with or to take. And he's been taking a medication now that a 10 milligram of this works, but a 20 milligram, which we did move on to, caused him to not to be able to get out of bed the next morning. And it's written up in the literature that that's the side effect that these medications can bring. So to think about music and the safety mechanism around music, to be able to touch everybody regardless of their diagnosis. And I might say it includes the caregivers, it includes the families, it includes the audiences that collect for a concert. Everyone is high on life at the close of a concert because of what the music is doing to everybody. It's real magic. Well, I've seen some of that magic for myself today, and we'll have a listen to some of the music. I want you to tell me about a couple of the members of your group here, and we're going to hear from them as well. Uh, Jean, first of all. Jean was one of the core of four. He is a wonderful drummer, 
and has Parkinson's. And Gene actually has a, a wonderful story to tell. He had developed a Parkinson tremor that made it difficult for him to even hold a drumstick. And he had something called deep brain stimulation, where they go into the brain and find some point and do something to that point that has curbed the tremor. And Gene now is living his life without the tremor, which was driving him crazy. So he has Parkinson's. He's taken care of his tremor. He's playing lots of music. And we're looking, hopefully, to see Gene on the road with us for a long, long time because of the music. Gene, it's good to see you. Thank you. Good to be here. How long have you been involved with this? So I've been involved with this about four years. Um, when I got back to Los Angeles after being away for educational purposes and other events, I was diagnosed with this condition, and that put a big strain and a limitation on the availability and aspects of different freelance work I could go after, like I've been doing for most of my life as a musician. So this was a opportunity to do something different and learn about this issue called Alzheimer's and learn how to integrate my schooling and my professional work of many years into this ensemble in a way that lets the ensemble be what it is without dictating any specific music music or musicianship demands. And you have Parkinson's disease. I do. When were you diagnosed? About five, six years ago. And how are you doing? Um, actually, at this point, I'm doing really well. Best I've ever been since getting it. And the involvement with this group, obviously you've been a musician all your life, but you're very active as a musician now with a very diverse group of people. How does music help you, do you think, with your condition? For one thing, um, I spend an awful lot of time during the week and, and most often daily listening to different classical things on YouTube and buying recordings and, and composing. Music is a way to have like a ground of perspective. In other words, things emanate and uh, the fruition of the stimulation of music sort of affects all events for me. It's out there like a big floral field of beautiful uh, flowers and other vegetation. And the people here in this group, part of the band here, most is it fair to say most are suffering from Alzheimer's? Yes. How have you seen their progress over the years that you've been involved? Well, for one thing, what immediately comes off my mind is their dedication and persistence in showing up here. Um, they're not people that, for the most part, given their different conditions and things that come up with in their life, which are their primary demands at the time, they don't have that. They show up here regularly, and it's a non-judgmental, non-critical environment. Nobody's put on the spot. Nobody's told that they're not singing in pitch or that they have to pay more attention to the rhythm. They basically gather those kind of improvements over time by just being attentive 
in the ensemble and during the rehearsals. So we rehearse all year during the week at least two times and then perform concerts three or four times a week, a year. And those concerts, they must be a blast. Concerts are great. They're uh, very enthusiastically attended and people really get a kick out of it. They're not seeing people that are limited or handicapped they're seeing people that come to this event with their heart completely open to sit and deliver these beautiful songs and this beautiful music. So it's a really great one-on-one and really get great encounter between people in the audience and our ensemble, I think. Well, I think you're doing great work, and I know you're involved in the rehearsal today, so I'm going to let you get back to that. Okay, thanks, Peter. But uh, really, congratulations on what you're doing. Thank you so much. So that was Jean, and uh, Carol, what an extraordinary character. Indeed, very colourful. Another colourful lady is Diana, and she's been with you for a good few years as well. Yes, with us for several years now. Diana has Parkinson's, and... Uh, She was concerned because she'd heard about our band, but she didn't play a musical instrument. This was when our choir became very active. And she came to me one day, she said, well, isn't my voice an instrument? And couldn't I use my voice as an instrument and become a musician of the Fifth Dementia Band? And so that's how Diana was introduced to us. And what does Diana do? Diana is a speech pathologist, um, mostly retired, a brilliant artist, and that's where we actually met initially in art class and has turned into a benefactor par excellence and a dear, dear friend. Diana, good to see you. Thank you. So what are you doing today? I am attending my rehearsal for our concert We have a group called Music Men's Minds. You were diagnosed with Parkinson's disease six or so years ago? Something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how are you doing? I think I'm doing very well. And we should, obviously our audience can't see you, but just tell us how old you are. I'm 73. And I've got to say, for 73, you you don't look 73. Thank you. You look great. And you. You, you look very healthy. And clearly this is a lot of fun for you, isn't it? It really is. I, get atta- I got attached. Um, at the beginning, Carol was asking for uh, musicians or have been musicians in their lives to come in and play play what they play. And I don't play an instrument. So when she was saying that, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I do have an instrument. She said, what kind of instrument? I said, I play my vocal cords. And she pointed to where the choir was grouping. She said, go over there and sing with them. <laughs> and that was it. And it's wonderful because you're a part of, you know, everybody's a part of really the same things. And um, it's kind of a, a group that feels connected, you know, and you can talk about, I guess, if you're having a problem or you know, I haven't had much of that in terms of talking to people. Just, you know, how you're doing and, you know, you still blah, 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 whatever. And in terms of your health, what do you feel you get out of it? What does it give you to be involved? I think I'm sometimes more fear and sometimes less fear. You know, I think that in being able to cut through, you know, what a diagnosis is towards who is this person is very different. And I, you know, at the beginning it was a little little bit of fear you know is that what I'm going to look like is this one 
I don't really think about that. I haven't thought about that in years. Um, my my major symptom, my old only symptom, really is a little bit of a, a tremor in my left hand, my left arm. Other than not that, really not much. I do a lot of exercise. I I'm a boxer. I box, and then other exercise too. But it's really important. That's what I hear. That that's that's really the one thing that will help you to slow down the progress of this disease. And that's so, that physical activity. Rigorous physical rigorous activity. Mm-hmm. Most of the people around you in the band in in the choir, they have Alzheimer's. Some do, and some have Parkinson's, some have Parkinson's. and some have have um, Alzheimer's. And obviously, there's a, a tremendous amount of attention these days given to the benefit of of music for groups like this. You've been here some time. Can you describe to me what you've seen in terms of how people are? A flourishing because of the music. Well, what I see is at the beginning, they we had people who were kind of kicking and screaming, you know, I'm not going to go there, and it's not going to be, you know, I think it's like, especially if you're more ill, I think it's a lot to think about, like, where am I, what am I doing? But I think what's happened is that there's a, a, a cohesiveness that's developed. We know people's names, and we're interested in what they're doing, you know, how they're doing, and we've had some outside activities at someone's house because she was going to play um, a documentary that she's done about us. We haven't seen it yet. It's pretty a remarkable place. You know, someone like Jean, who creates all of this music and the program and all of that. Yeah, we're just working with Jean. Yeah. I mean, you know, these, and these, these musicians are talented. These are musicians from their other life and this life. Because, of course, we are in Los Angeles and a lot of professional musicians are here and it's an opportunity this is a venue really just to extend those careers in a sense isn't it that's right yeah well it's really good to see that this has just become such an integral part of your life and and clearly a very important one i hope so because it's really it's special and you know music i've always loved music i love musical theater so i'm kind of one of those it's great to be able to to have this connection to the real world and to knowing that you can be and have what you've had. It's not all gone. And I don't know what's gone. That's the gone. key, isn't it? It's not all gone. It's still, mm-hmm. it's still here to live for. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I don't, not everybody's that sick. You know, it's a very slow progression. For some people, some people not. In, in how I am and how I feel, I don't feel sick. You know, I know um, I have the tremor, but I paint. It's actually a good tool, you know, interesting lines. There's a good lesson, for, for, probably for anyone, isn't it? Uh, music aside, uh, and that is activity. And you talked about the strenuous activity of boxing and others like painting. It, it's always moving, it's always thinking, always doing something. Yeah, I'm not a um, sedentary person. I never have been. So I carry it on, you know, valiantly <laughs> um, in my life. And we'll continue this conversation in just a moment. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? 
And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. It's really good to meet you. You're doing some good work here. And uh, Thank I'm, I'm going to let you back, get back to the rehearsal. Yeah, you come see us. I'm going to see you right All now. Right. Thank you. Let's have a listen to some of the music. Yeah. And she's a real fighter too, because the Parkinson's paw prints are very much following her now. And she's even doing boxing, which is big in the Parkinson world. Yeah, she described it. And so she is exceedingly active and uh, has an assistant to kind of pick up the pieces around her and make her day as full as possible. And she's just a love, just a darling human being. And ah, I tell you, we all get so close to each other. And that's what this whole project is about. Uh, We just love and adore all of us and all of us are going down the road together one singing thing, yeah and it's great music as well uh, yeah. one thing you talked about earlier was and um, we kind of equated the power of music to the power of drugs but of course with drugs there are side effects and, and potential complications i just wonder what we're learning from this that we can apply to our lives when we're much younger when we're free of diseases and how perhaps we could use music almost as a preventative measure for some of these conditions well that's another aspect that we're wanting mary middleman to look at and that is when a child becomes musical and takes that musicality with them all the way through their lives that if they have the the DNA for a neurodegenerative disease, that the, the music could be a piggy bank that could actually stall the onset of the disease. Or if it doesn't stall it and it's caught early enough, that it could even possibly reverse it. And these are details that we are facing now as we explore the medical uses of music. So that's really fascinating, isn't it? That you're here you are dealing with, with older people and there are some very old people here, people in their in their nineties. Yet the what the knowledge that you're gleaning from this could actually be applicable to children. Indeed. And so really uh, Music Men's Minds is an organization has just rolled out a public awareness and education campaign. And what I've had my student assistants from UCLA do for us, we've researched and summarized the literature showing what music has already been written up as in the literature. And so now we are on this campaign to bring these musical facts to the public at large so that we can indeed educate all of us. What are your immediate plans for the future? What were you actually rehearsing for today? Music Men's Minds is about to turn four years old. And that means Fifth Dementia, happy four years as well. 
And on the 15th of September, we will be holding a big bash happy birthday concert right here in the Brentwood Presbyterian Church. It will be standing room only, packed to the gills, Mm -hmm. packed to the rafters, and we, believe it or not, are live streamed globally. And so if anybody would like to email us, I'd love to give you our website and we can indeed keep you on our mailing list and you will know the details of how to pick us up on the live stream if you would like to listen to our concert in real time. Well, I'll tell you what, I, as I mentioned before, I'll put those details in the show notes so anyone Thank can you. go, if they're looking at the Live Long Master Aging podcast, uh, see a link to live streaming of your concerts, which I think is great that you can do that. And um, we also have a Facebook live stream that we'll be using as well. I wonder, as you are involved with this, and as you're living your life with your husband and seeing him, him change, clearly over the years, and become more impaired because of his condition, what have you learned that really sticks in your mind, perhaps even that you could apply to yourself as you grow older? I I now have such respect for music generally, and I'm a pianist of many years. I haven't played in many years, but I was a good child protege. (laughs) And I really respect music so today, not only for the enjoyment, but for the medicinal aspects of it. Now, Irwin's key diagnosis with the dementia is Parkinson's, so we know that's a movement disorder. And believe it or not, about three or four times a day, we have John Philip Sousa marching music through our Bose speakers around our house. And when Irwin is at his lowest ebb, somehow he unfurls himself from a heap and he marches, he catches fire to the marching beat and all of us caregiver, Carol, and friends who may be visiting, we march through our house clapping and letting our hair down and resetting all of our brains and lifting our spirits because this journey, Peter, this is tough. And so quickly depression comes because it's just an endless battle and the music changes us instantly. And so as I move down the road, personally, I'm just going to love my music all the more. And please, God, I'm going to be around a long time to enjoy it to the max. How old is your husband now? Owen just turned 82. He's 82. And he was on the keyboards there today. He was on the keyboards today. And I find now with his degree of dementia, he catches fire less easily so he's really got to you know have some kind of a a spark that doesn't come all the time now but when that spark comes he's played himself through a dementia attack one of our uh, concerts a year or so ago of course he knew that we were going to be having this concert we all assembled in the church he took his seat in front of the keyboard And then he started to suddenly, what am I doing here? Who are these people? Nobody told me about this. I need to go home now. And I was at my wit's end because we were really about to start the concert. 
And I said, Erwin, Dorothy the caregiver's right by your knee. If you need anything, tell her. But we're about to start the concert, and please just play music and catch fire. Well, Peter, I saw a miracle before my eyes. Erwin never missed a beat. He moved through his dementia attack. Had he been somewhere, they would have medicated him because he was in that kind of a circumstance. And I watched firsthand what music did to take him through an entire dementia episode. And my goodness, what an education I am getting firsthand. That's truly inspirational. Isn't it? Thank and you. It, it is. it's interesting you say you're getting this education firsthand. This podcast is all about longevity. It's about, for a lot of people, living long and, and healthy and a healthy, uh, long health span. But equally, I think we all know and understand that no matter how we live our lives, no matter how healthy we try to be, there are things that will descend upon us that we have yeah. little or no control of. And, yeah. and you well understand that so i'm wondering what you would say to people who clearly want to aspire to be living long and and as healthy as they can with the fact that you know better than most that in a moment things can change and you might not live that long healthy life that you'd always aspired to yet my sense from seeing what you've done today is that there are still things you can do to live a full life no matter what's been thrown at you. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about exercise, we talk about good diet, we talk about uh, eight hours of sleep and how much water you need to drink all day. And I think on this list of how to stay young and forestall the aging process, I think we're going to have to add music in capital letters on this list of how to stay young. I've really not thought about it till this moment, but it is one of the most important ingredients. I think that is a great way to finish this. In fact, what we will do to finish is listen to a little bit of The Fifth Dementia, your band you've been rehearsing today. They can play us out. Carol, thank you so much for joining us. Peter, I cannot thank you enough. And just a reminder, we mentioned a few links. Those links will be in the show notes for this episode. You can read those at Live Long and Master Aging, our website, lamapodcast.com. That's double L-A-M-A podcast.com. You can also follow us in social media at Lama Podcast, and I'll tweet information about this and tweet the link to watch and to listen to Carol and, and her band live. I'll put that into Facebook as well. Thank you for listening. FlexBeam is a portable red light therapy device that's now being used by leading athletes, including the Norwegian tennis player Kasper Ruud. Whenever you put the FlexBeam on, you feel it starts to work right away. I need something that can help repair all the fibres that I have broken in the surfs. The infrared lights penetrate your skin and makes the muscle tissue recover faster. FlexBeam, I keep it with me all the time. Recharge Health is offering Llama Podcast listeners an $80 discount on the purchase of a FlexBeam device. Go to the website recharge.health and use the code LLAMA at checkout. That's L-L-A-M-A. You'll also find the link in the show notes for this episode.